Hello and welcome to the Aussie Nerds Podcast. I'm Daniel, and from the Bang Average Movies Podcast, I have Tyler, who brought, frankly, the weirdest <laughs> movie ever. Hello. Hi, we're going to talk about Moulin Rouge. Yes. Which might be the greatest movie ever, or the worst <laughs> movie ever, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> I mean... It is, so this is my fifth favorite movie. Part of the reason I love it so much is so, because it's so off the wall bonkers. So, I mean. It's I've just, seen jukebox musicals before, right? A jukebox musical, they have songs from like outside sources mm-hmm. uh, being in the movie. That's DreamWorks bread and butter. Right. But there is a scene, the opening scene probably where they are doing a musical in the 1800s yeah. about a singing nun who sings, who leaves the alley to sing on her mountain and they're arguing over lyrics and they're writing it. And then fucking, they, 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 they sing <laughs> Sound of Music in the 1800s within the context of the movie, but they're writing it. And, and at that point, I was like, I love this movie. Yeah, it gets, it doesn't waste any time getting weird. That's for sure. It's pretty much from beginning to end, super weird. The editing itself is if, if uh, high energy or bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I think that it exemplified, I mean, we're going to hop around a little bit, uh, but this is exemplified in the, um, the Roxanne tango. Where, where they're just like it's super. I don't think I've ever seen editing this intense before because the song is intense, but it's also backed up by the uh, the cuts between Christian, uh, who's played by Ewan McGregor, singing his song, and then the narcoleptic Argentinian is doing <laughs> his song, and then they're also cutting between like. Satine getting raped and it's just very intense and like you think of Roxanne as like this kind of upbeat the police song and this is like this gritty Latin American <laughs> tango it's very intense the fact that they um that they not only use songs but they change the context of songs yes. is yeah. amazing right see i have friends who have seen this movie that were like, oh, I hated this. Why are they using modern day songs in a movie set during, you know, the turn of the century? And it's like, that's the point. The point is that the themes and the things that are happening in this movie are timeless. And you can use music from like the MTV era and have it play during this, you know, 1900 basically like brothel movie and it's the same it's it's incredible that's a weird thing to complain about i've complained about the editing first (laughs) (coughs) there's this guy on facebook uh when i said that i was watching this he's like i hate that movie 
And I'm like, why? And he's like, it's weird and stupid. And I'm like, it's great and weird and silly and yeah. works way better if you're weird, uh, uh, drinking and gay, <laughs> which is all the things I am. So it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, substance usage during this movie is, uh, makes for a fun viewing. I don't condone the use of hard drugs, but like if that's your thing, go ahead. I'm sure watching this movie would be quite an acid trip. I would imagine. Especially but, I mean, with the editing. Oh, yeah. I can't get over the editing. The editing is so weird. It's it's wacky. <laughs> but, you know, I love it. Have you seen his, uh, Baz Luhrmann's version of Romeo and Juliet? I have. Um, there was a secondhand uh, DVD sale. Yeah. So I bought... Uh, oh, that's right. This. Yeah, that's right. The box set. I bought the box <laughs> set. So I got... Yeah. Uh, Milan Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, and Strictly Ballroom. Yep. So this is going to be an acid trip. Yeah. As soon as I, mean, I get around to watching it. Yeah, that's it's pretty indicative <laughs> of, his, of his directing style as it's kind of all over the place. And he's all about doing weird shit. So, I mean, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I respect it. I like weird stuff. Yeah. I, the one thing I can't stand in movies is boredom i got yep. things being basic yep and there's a difference between being boring and being uh like like a slow burn i love slow burns yeah, yeah. nathan nathan doesn't like slow burn movies my brother-in-law uh we had a conversation the other day about how he likes movies that just kind of get right into it and uh, uh i can do a slow burn Slow burns are interesting if you're like in the mood for it. Yeah. You have to know going in that it's slow burn. Like Grave of the Fireflies is I one of my... Oh, it's sad. It's based in Japan during World War II and the kids... Yeah. And in the first scene, we see the kids dead and going to the afterlife on a train. And I'm like, fuck you. Right. Yeah. Oof. Uh, so like, this is much more fun than that. Oh yeah, 100%. But if fun. you're going to do a slow burn you have to know that going in yeah agreed <coughs> okay uh what the hell's her name i forget her name nicole kidman's character nicole kidman nicole kidman is amazing she is i have a friend who is obsessed with nicole kidman and will watch anything that she's in so um yeah she's great she is awesome in this movie too like i i think that is her actually singing, I think. I'm not 100% sure. They all are. Maybe there's auto-tune. There, there definitely yeah. is auto-tune involved. But yeah. I, I bet that's they're all singing. And yeah. this movie uh, proves my theory that great actors not only want to do like great dramatic roles, but they also want to do weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is probably the most uh, goofy I've ever seen Nicole Kidman. She does that growl teeth thing to camera, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, you you know what movie this is?" <laughs> yeah, she that that weird screechy thing that she does. Oh God, is, I love this movie. It, it, it that is like the one blemish for me in this movie is uh, Nicole Kidman's <laughs> part. Of, like, it bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it matches the rest of the weird movie. 
Well, yeah. But, like, she's obviously just going to town. Like, I don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks about me in this movie. I'm just going to live my best life and <laughs> just do this movie. It's so weird. It, it feels like, and I haven't checked, but it feels like this has, like, a massive cult following. Like, oh, yeah, Rocky sure. Horror Picture Show and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think that... um because I wasn't, it's okay, this movie came out in what, like 2002? 2002. I have no evidence against that. <laughs> if I, I could say anything, you'd believe me. Yeah, sure, it's your movie. <laughs> uh, came out in 2001. So I was 11 when this um, I wasn't like super into movies back then. The first time I saw this uh, was with my, my high school girlfriend, who is now my wife. Uh, it was like one of our first movie dates and uh, like I just full on cried at the end. So like that this movie sort of holds like a special place in like our heart, like me and hers, because uh, it was like one of the first things we ever did together. Um, but when it first came out, it was like super popular. It was like it got nominated for like eight Oscars or something like that and won two of them. Well, uh, technicals or script or editing? It won. Let's see. It won best costume design and best production design. Both fair. Both fair. But it was nominated for like best picture, best screenplay. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, but like Baz Luhrmann wasn't nominated for Best Director. And that was viewed as like Whoopi Goldberg was the host that year and she made a crack about it. She was like, I guess Moulin Rouge directed itself. It's just like, this was a very popular movie when it first came out. Awesome. I love it. it, It's fallen by the wayside because people don't remember old movies. And apparently 2001 is old now. Well, I mean, we're almost 20 years ago, man. Oh, God. Doesn't that make you feel old? I hate it. I watch <laughs> um, I watch the channel React, and they do kids react to, mm-hmm. and it's like, do kids know this movie? And I'm like, oh, I know. I I watch that show uh, that show when I want to feel sad and old. Uh, I I'm a uh, young adult librarian, and so I work with teenagers, and I have a Reptar shirt from Rugrats and they're like what is that I was like are you serious you know what Reptar is you never seen Rugrats and they were like no is that an old person's show I'm like oh my god just leave get out of the library welcome back here (laughs) I I love libraries I got a a library card and I and what I love is that they have DVDs I'm like yes you've saved me hundreds of dollars yes PSA from your friendly neighborhood librarian. Get a library card. Everything there is free. Everything is free, and some of it is weird. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this movie has a special place in my heart. Plus, I just love musicals, and this is—it always frustrates me when people talk about like the best musicals of like this decade. No one ever talks about Moulin Rouge. I. For this decade, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Or like last decade. Whatever. 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> turn of the century let's do that this century so oh far my god. No why, why are we not why are we arguing about what to call the early 2000s when turn of the century is an option <laughs> i know as soon as anyone hears that they're like oh my god we need to call it that See, when I hear turn of the century, I think the 1910s. That's what I think of as the turn of the century. No, it's now the early 2000s. That's the turn of the century. People born in the year 2000 can vote now. Yeah. I think Welcome last, to the Feeling Old podcast. Yeah. Last year was the first year where high school freshmen would be able to view 9-11 as a historical event because they hadn't been born yet. That's probably for the best. <laughs> um, I love it. I, I love Milan Rouge. Just, okay. so, just to be clear, it's weird. It has bad editing or great editing. I can't, <laughs> can't get over the fucking editing. But oh, I, I love it. I love the editing. It's just because I have uh, recently... Because I'm not like a movie, I don't know how to criticize movies. I'm just some schmuck. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I've started reading on how to watch movies. And I loved this movie before I knew anything about filmmaking or anything. I love this movie more now because like I was watching, I was watching this. I watched it today uh, to prepare for this. And the, again, the Roxanne Tango, I was just watching it with my jaw on the floor i was just like so transfixed by it and there's the choreography i love the editing in that scene but cut between the three perspectives it was just i loved it so much more it's so good and the, the reason that it works is because it the director and all the actors and the script and everything was like so it's just gonna make it weird right and yeah. everyone was on board. If like yeah. someone was taking this seriously, everything would have fallen apart. Oh yeah, for sure. I um I can't remember. Did they change one of the songs to be a villain song? Is that the Roxanne Tango? The I think it was like a virgin was yeah like, like a half, virgin a half villain song like a virgin in this where the villain singing it or it's in the context of. The villain song is just so weird and cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so <funny. laughs> oh god, oh, this movie. The interesting thing that I noticed about um Like a Virgin this time around, and just um the Duke's character as a whole is whenever the characters, whenever the cast breaks into song around him, he's like, What the fuck is going on? Like, and that's something I'd never noticed. <laughs> yeah, I noticed too. that. He, 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 the Duke <laughs> is always just like, I'm surrounded by people that I have nothing in common with, and I'm fucking weirded out by it. And I love well, the fact that he's like, why am I in a musical? I know. I hate musicals. Exactly. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No one told and, me that'd be singing. Exactly. And then in Like a Virgin he's weirded out the entire time because this like this this guy is singing like a virgin to him like pretending to be a woman and then by the end of the number he's just like you know what fuck it i'm gonna sing along and be part of this song and it's super weird and creepy 
and but he fully embraces the musicality of it and i love it how long would you have to be in a musical before you realize that that's what was going on and oh joined me, in? Like, like me i would be in the opening number front <laughs> i love musicals <laughs> I don't, like i did high school drama and um like my senior year of high school and fell in love with it so i would be all over that shit i just enjoy the fact that i could finally sing yeah exactly i can't Someone... sing I'm, I'm as bad at singing as emma watson is in being in the beast <laughs> everyone can sing but not everyone can sing out of the shower yeah. I, I uh, tell my friends that I'm a great singer and they're like, no, you're not. And it's like, the trick is that both you and I have to be wearing headphones. <laughs> Do you have a uh, favorite song from this? Uh, from this? Uh, I, I just remember when Sound of Music started and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Because it, it's not my favorite song because my favorite song is the Roxanne Tango. But when... They're arguing about the lyrics for Sound of Music. And I, I, I it, it suddenly clicked what was going on. And within the context, they wrote the fucking Sound of Music. Yep. I love it a lot. Yep. It's so weird. Yeah. What's yours? My favorite song. Um, I mean, let's be honest. I love all of it. I, but I can tell. <laughs> but I think my favorite is... Um, my favorite song is the Roxanne Tango, but like the I think the best song in the movie is Come What May. I love that song. And it's I the only that song like on loop for like oh yeah hour. It's the only original song in that movie. Did it get nominated? It did not because it was written for his version of Romeo and Juliet, and they never used it. So since it was written for another movie, it was disqualified. That's a shame because that's a really good song. It's just like, so I, in my circle of friends, I'm a known romance hater. Like I (laughs) I hate romantic movies. I don't read romance novels. And uh, this movie just like melts my heart. I don't know. I hate bad romance, yeah. but um, I think there's a song about it. And <laughs> I love great romantic movies. They're yeah. few and far between. Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. That's a good one. Um, I also love uh, The Love Witch. No one has. The Love Witch, is a, it was made by a real witch. And by made, I mean written, directing, starred, costume design it's her movie she even huh. catering she made uh there's a bunch of like fucking set decorations and yeah. cupcakes and i'm talking about it now because no one's gonna pick this movie uh she made cupcakes and like stacked them and it's all about how she wants romance and she's using her uh, magic and it's like real life witchcraft in order uh-huh. to get it yeah and uh, it's it celebrates femininity uh, as a symbol of power. Right. It's really good, and I'll no to, one's seen it. I have to check it out. You've convinced me. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Awesome. Uh, I I love romance movies if they're done well. 
Yeah, I mean, I like any movie that's done well, <coughs> but it's just like, I don't know what it is about. I think it's mostly because I hate the um, sort of the romance trope that was always around when I was growing up. And that's the like good girl falls in love with bad boy trope. And that uh, never made sense to me. My, my, I hate the nice guy trope where it's, he's a nice guy, so he can do horrible shit. Oh yeah. Right. That's a bad trope as well. So it's just, it's so easy to fuck up a romance. So I just avoid them. There's some great ones. You have to uh, swim through a sea of garbage. I like horror movies. Yes, but I'll sit down and watch. I'll sit down and watch a bad horror movie any day of the week. I love horror movies. Bad horror movies are the yeah. best. Have you yep. seen? Um, there's a movie called Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. Nope, but it's now on my list. I can't remember anything that happens in it, except for the fact that there's a really racist scene with uh, a witch doctor. The science teacher is secretly a witch doctor, and he makes Frankenstein Girl with like in the science lab at the high school <laughs> like he sure. murders someone he murders a bunch of girls and the, uh, the students there and then makes frankenstein girl and then frankenstein girl and vampire girl who's just a vampire have a fight oh and my it's the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> that sounds awesome she un frankenstein girl unscrews her arm puts it on top of her head screws it back on and then uses that as a propeller that what the fuck is this movie? That sounds exactly like what I want in a movie, to be honest with you. It's an hour of bullshit and then that fight scene. That's amazing. Yeah, check it out. Um, do you have a favorite like uh, dance? Not the song, but dance itself. A dance? Yeah. Um, I mean... Again, you have to go with the ro- the Roxanne Tango is Roxanne just Tango is just fantastic in every way. It's the shining moment of this movie. Let's be honest. It's like it's fraught with sexuality. It's just it's everything that I love about this movie. I like celebrations of sexuality, especially oh, yeah. since um, especially female sexuality has been punished. Yes. For like centuries, so just having right. a celebration of that is brilliant. Also, yes. I like to point out Australian director is Australian director, and this <laughs> is the um, this is the box set for Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, and Strictly Ballroom. Mm-hmm. So it says from the director of Australia comes these three good movies. <laughs> Australia is so boring and shit, and. It's upsetting that it's like from the director of Australia. It's like director of bullshit comes this. (laughs) I had a conversation with a friend about uh, Moulin Rouge today and she hates it. And she was like, fun fact though, I actually kind of like Australia. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It's like the opposite of everything good. Yeah. I hate Australia. It made me hate the country. and (laughs) It's so bad and boring and stupid and everyone hates it i thought that i was the only one because i was like 14 or something when it came out i forget when it came out uh but everyone hates it people 
people on Australian like television make fun of it all the time. That's amazing. Uh huh. And this one, I like Moulin Rouge because not only is it good, but also it can be made fun of. And I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. It definitely does not take itself seriously at all. Um, one thing that uh, you just mentioned um, movies that celebrate female sexuality. Um, this movie, because I'm going to tie this back to what we were talking about in the beginning about the music is that, um, you know, women have been persecuted and just like kept down forever, you know, just like since the beginning of time. And this, I think one of the things that this movie does really well is that um, it's set against a backdrop in which like, there's always a conversation about whether prostitution is like a super feminist occupation or a super um, misogynist occupation. And I think that this movie addresses that a little bit by ultimately having Satine like sort of path her destiny, if that makes sense. Like uh, yeah. She- she eventually takes the reins of her own life and even against like because you know we see uh harold zidler as like this good guy sort of but he is the you know he's like the owner of the moulin rouge and he's sort of like the pimp i guess of all these prostitutes and you know you know nearing the end satine is just kind of like i don't need you anymore you taught me that i'm only worth what people will pay for me and i'm sick of it and i'm done with this shit and i don't care that i'm dying oh yeah gonna, she's dying by the way oh yeah she it's like dies a major plot point and it's she, just like fuck man yeah she's got tuberculosis the whole time and that's another thing that the movie does really well at the beginning is that it starts off at the end with ewan mcgregor crying <coughs> in his hotel room and being like the woman i love is dead I'm going to tell you this whole story. So from the very beginning, we're like, oh, this movie is going to be really sad. But then we forget all about that for like the next two hours because it's just like bright colors and dancing and general frivolity. And like even we like the songs are all super fun and romantic and stuff like that. And it's only really until the last like 20 minutes we're like, wow, this is super sad. And I, it, it's set in a brothel, but it looks like a circus. Oh, yeah. 100%. It looks like a circus. He has, the, the main guy has a mustache and a top hat. And yeah. I'm like, this is just the greatest showman. <laughs> what the hell's going on? Hugh Jackman did read for that part. If Hugh Jackman was in this movie and then did the greatest showman, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Yeah, interesting to see how much better or worse that movie would have been if Hugh Jackman was. Oh, it would have been better, just yeah. from the the addition of Hugh Jackman. He makes yeah. everything better. He could have just strolled on screen at one point, been like, "Hello, I'm Hugh Jackman." Just walked off stage. <laughs> like, well, well, uh, this movie's getting ten out of ten. Yeah, give this the best picture award. 
Don't even bother submitting any other films. Who <laughs> <laughs> are good. Thank you. <coughs> and good night. I I was thinking um that this movie would be uh great for like a sing along. Oh yeah. Uh if there was extras that had like the lyrics on the screen. Cause uh Greatest Showman uh, uh they thought was going to make no money. It made no money on its opening weekend. And then everyone was just like, but dude, the songs. Dude, who gives a shit about the story? That doesn't matter. The songs. Yeah. So they just milked it for all it was worth. They get brought out sing-alongs for months. Right. It was great. And this one needs that. Probably uh, had it. I, yeah, I probably had it. I don't know, man. That would be a hard sing-along because you're competing with Christina Aguilera and like Nicole Kidman gets pretty high up there. <coughs> Ewan McGregor does some shouty singing. That'd be that'd be a rough sing-along. Well, I don't that's know. Why I don't there's know. a lot of you, and you're probably drinking. <laughs> well, then yeah, that would be fun. That would be a good time. <laughs> you and you and your buddy just be like, I will love you. <laughs> that would be fun yeah <laughs> it's it's so much fun and that's the real charm of this is that it's not the weird editing or the fact that it's bonkers it's the fact that it's fun to watch it is fun to watch and i can't believe that it got nominated for best picture i can believe it i can't because like best picture is boring dramas it's just like we got to nominate Green Book because we accidentally nominated a fish sex movie. Oh my God. Did you see that movie? It was weird. Shape of Water? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did it on um, Two Geeks, Two Movies, and we uh-huh. paired it with Hellboy. Gotcha. Because that makes sense. A beautiful mind won for uh, one best picture that year. You see, that's more like it. Yeah, but Moulin Rouge should have won. Let's, I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Moulin Rouge should win all the awards, yeah. including Best Original Song for Sound of Music. <laughs> I can't was, believe, uh, yeah. I can't believe that in context of the movie, they wrote Sound of Music. It's I, great. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's what got me hooked immediately. I'm like, oh, Okay, this is what we're doing. Because you t- you tell me, I want to do Moulin Rouge. And I'm like, people have talked about that for ages. Cool. <coughs> I thought it was just going to be a musical. I had no idea it was going to be a trick bump musical. It's amazing. And I love it. It love is it. a jukebox musical on a lot of drugs. That's what that so is. So many drugs. The editor was just like, Boom. All right, cut. <laughs> and I zoom in here, no fucking another cut. So many cuts. This movie also made me super interested in absinthe and was very disappointed when I tried absinthe for the first time and I did not hallucinate because it's uh, illegal. Like, true absinthe is illegal in the United States. So I had to settle for like the absinthe they sell at the liquor store, which is not real absinthe. And it was sad. Oh, too bad. Yeah. Um I I love I love when like big name good talented actors just ham it up. Yeah. Like um oh what's his name? Val Julia. 
Neral Julia? No. Raul Julia did a bunch of like dramas and he did into the spider uh uh the Sp- he did spider woman and he did a bunch of like these big dramas but then he did adam's family <laughs> adams and adam's family where he caught uh. the with his mouth and did uh tango which was so sexual yeah uh, and then he did Street Fighter because he wanted to play gay Hitler flying around in a purple cape. <laughs> Which, like, if I had cancer and I had a chance to play gay Hitler in a purple cape, darn right, I'm doing it. Yeah, of course. Who would pass up that opportunity? No one <laughs> would. Not a single person. It's, oh, God, I love it. And it works because, like, they're very talented actors. Right. Like, if this was a bunch of nobodies then who cares? But yeah. it's Nicole Kidman. Right. Not it's many Nicole. people can do a growl to camera. Right. Have it work. Yeah. Do you have, because uh, even though I love Ewan McGregor as an actor, he's probably my least favorite character. And, you know, he lends his voice to a lot of the songs, but I'm, I'm always intrigued to see wh- who would you cast instead of, Ewan McGregor, or well, did you think he was perfect? <laughs> I thought that um, th- there's always the thankless role of the guy that weird stuff is happening to, <laughs> which is usually the protagonist, where yeah. the protagonist is just there having the movie, uh, watching the movie with us, yeah. and he's writing about it. So I don't know if he can improve him by getting another actor because it's one of those roles where it's just like, we just need you to sit here as like every, and be sad while everyone else is doing like weird dancing. Goofy. That's true. <laughs> Plus, um, you know, his singing voice is pretty good. Like, no, you need expect- someone who can sing as well. Hugh Jackman. There you go. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Why not? Um, if you don't have to worry about singing, I'd, I'd cast Carrie Elwes. Ooh. In- but when he was in The Princess Bride. Yeah. Because he's like 57 now and I'd be too old for this role. Yeah, definitely. That's a good shout though. And again, he's 57 like now. This came out 20 years ago. So carry out with All right. I'm just curious because like I said, I don't, I guess what honestly what bothers me about Ewan McGregor so much is the way he, um, cause it's, it's, you know, it's obviously not them singing in real time. It's them. You know, <coughs> it's voiceover work. It's their singing voices. His, uh, the way he mouths his words is weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like he opens it's his very mouth. Operatic. Yeah. And it's, it's strange. This, it's a very nitpicky thing, but I get ya. When you watch a movie very often, you're like you're just nitpicking certain things. Yeah. Um, but was this based on a stage musical? It is. Um, it op- I can't. I don't know if it has opened yet. If they're still doing previews, but it's on Broadway right now. And I'm very excited because uh, hopefully I'll get the chance to see it in the near future. Um, because I can't remember if it's open. Because the fact that this is based on a Broadway play um, makes a lot of sense for how he was singing because he was projecting to a crowd. And if he yeah. watched the movie, and if he watched the play, 
he's probably copying that sort of energy. Oh, it already <laughs> was a musical? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I don't know. See, the the show that's on Broadway right now says Baz Luhrmann's revolutionary film comes to life. Move okay, on. so it's based on... Yeah. It's still... Oh, it is open. I might go see it. Go see it. Have fun. Yeah. It's opening in Australia next year, so... Well... I mean, 2021, that's not next year. It's in two years, but there you go. You have something to look forward to. I I got three things. There's uh, the Penn and Teller are going to be at the Sydney Opera House. Nice. And then you got Hamilton, which is opening in 2021. And there I have go. to see that just because I've listened to the soundtrack uh, about 5,000 times. And uh, then now Moulin Rouge which I think would work much better as a stage play, even though I love it. Yeah. The stage play literally opened uh, on Thursday, this past Thursday. Oh, my God. You have to see it. I have to. I will see it, and then I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. Report back. That'll be fun. I will. This is um, leading me into uh, Classics Month, which I'm starting next week. Nice. Uh, and the great thing with Classics Month is that I am uh, instead of going to movie groups and asking people what their favorite classic movie is and have everyone say The Wizard of Oz, uh, I love The Wizard of Oz. It's okay. <laughs> I, I adore it. But the point is that I, instead of asking people what their favorite classic movies are, I went to a classic movies fan group and asked uh-huh. them what their favorite movies were. Nice. So, I'm excited. I'm curious. What were some responses? Uh, I got Singing in the Rain, which is why I was very excited to do this musical because I'm going to do Singing in the Rain next week. And we talked about um, we talked about the history of musicals, the Gay Divorcee, which I've started a collection of movies with uh, the word gay in the title that don't mean what you think it means. Yep. Which is a, a great list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I saw the apartment as well. The apartment's which good. Is great because it's like, when was the haze code? Because this is all about adultery and affairs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <coughs> so, yeah, there's a few, and I'm going to be recording some. I'm, awesome. I'm very excited. I was going to do Gone with the Wind, but that movie's rough, dude. Yeah, it's like five hours long. Yeah, it's so long. And really boring and racist, and I hate it a lot. <laughs> Maybe uh, because it's long and boring, though. I'm, yeah, I've not seen it because I've always been scared away by the runtime. It's 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 way too long. I I told the guy that I couldn't do it, not because of the runtime, which I can deal with. I can just watch it over a period of a month. Right. Uh, but it's the uh, lot. There's a lot of racism in there yeah it's really bad so we're doing another movie and it's much better it's one of my favorites oh that's good um what other musicals do you like uh let's see um (coughs) it's like stage plays or musical movies uh musical movies and stage plays uh well the book of mormon is currently my favorite musical um 
I've seen it twice, and I think I laughed harder the second time I saw it. I think it was written by the South Park guys. It was, yeah, and it's amazing. And if you get a chance to see it, you 100% should because it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, hands oh, down. Excited. Um, I really like Les Mis. Um, Les Mis is good. The guy that made the Les Mis movie is doing the Cats movie. He sure is. And my God, was that ruined the moment the trailer came out. <laughs> I was so excited because I love Cats. So uh-huh. the Cat Returns, uh, the uh, Cats Don't Dance. I love Cats. And then as soon as that movie came, the trailer came out, I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, that was rough. I don't know. See, I don't have, <laughs> like, I've never seen Cats. I don't even know what it's about. Oh, like, I, have oh I want to tell you what it's about. Tell me what it's about. Because it's so weird. I it's know nothing about it. Probably a bad musical. I don't know. I love Cats too much to decide whether or not it's terrible. But it's about these cats who, for some reason, I forget what, have to sacrifice one of the cats. So they just murder a cat. And that's what the whole musical is about. Jesus. It's so dark and great or terrible i don't even know and i was going to watch it i haven't watched it but like for like two dollars i could buy the dvd and i'm like i don't want to watch this yeah uh see okay so i have like i know now i know a little bit about it but other than that i know nothing about it and so my wife and i watched the trailer and she was like this looks terrible and i was like this looks kind of cool <laughs> it's I'm not, like kind of jazzed for it. It's the designs. Like I'm like okay, 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 and then the moment they turn around, face the camera, I'm like ah, <laughs> make dogs instead. Yeah, you know what it is? Is they didn't give the people cat noses. It's human noses. Yeah, that's that's definitely what. It is. That's that was. <clears throat> but you know, since that trailer dropped, I've had the song stuck in my head that Jennifer Hudson sings at the end. It's really good songs. Yeah. Um, even if it's not a good music. Yeah. But I would have totally seen it if it was like, you know, not scary. Right. I dig it. Um, I think, well, I mean, uh, Moulin Rouge is my favorite musical, but I think before I had seen Moulin Rouge, my favorite musical probably would have been uh, Carousel. I still need to see Carousel. Uh, because, oh, it's it's like nothing special, to be honest with you. Like, looking at it objectively, it's just like, okay. But um, I love the music in it, and I especially love um, – I'm a huge Liverpool fan. Um, so that's the musical that You'll Never Walk Alone comes from. And um, I just like – I had watched that before I became a Liverpool fan. Um, and loved it and then when i found out that that was their anthem i was like oh i gotta this is my team forever and i actually have you'll never walk alone tattooed on my arm nice i um i was watching sing in the rain for next week's episode yeah and then i thought i wonder what um the very first musical was uh-huh. And people say it's the jazz singer. That was the first one that had music in it. Yeah. The very first musical 
was called The Gay Divorcee, which is a great title. And I wrote in my review that I was very disappointed that it wasn't about gay marriage in like the <laughs> 30s. Yeah, like the 1930s. Yeah. That shit, it was still like punishable by death. Well, at least being arrested. Point is, yeah. you got you got the gay divorcee and it's so delightful and great and I love it a lot. Nice. Um, which is good because I don't like the jazz singer, so I'm glad that it isn't technically a musical. The jazz singer is the guy with in blackface, right? Yep. Is that what it's I'm thinking not of? Great. Yeah, that's that's problematic. Yeah. Um <coughs> it's interesting researching the history of that guy, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Glad that it's not normal anymore. Right. Uh, it's still weird that they keep doing it with like Asian people, like Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell, uh, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson was literally playing an Asian character. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. within the context of the movie, right. she was Asian. Yeah. It's just so bad. And yeah. you got um, uh, Emma Stone yep. in Aloha. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm glad things are changing now, but I wish that they changed like 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we seem to take a long time to come around to things. That's for sure. But <coughs> things are changing and that is good. My biggest thing is that Thing, my biggest belief is that things always get better. Yeah. Even if there's dips and uh, hills and valleys, right. things are always moving forward. Yeah. Um, which is, if, I, if you don't believe that, you're going to be sad forever. It's a very depressing lifestyle if you don't ever think anything is ever going to get better. And I've seen it. I've seen things get better and worse, yeah. but then better again. Like in the early 2000s, the prime minister uh, made it, changed the wording of the definition of marriage Uh specifically to prevent gay marriage from happening. Yeah. And then uh, like two years ago, they just changed the definition again and fuck you. (laughs) That guy's an asshole. And then you have, and then you have Tony Abbott who every time he fucked up, added another another flag behind him. Uh-huh. This was hilarious because by the time he uh, was finally fired, um, he had like 10 uh, Australian flags behind him. And it was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Everyone hates that guy. I don't know how he got in. I do. No one voted for him in. Because the way Australia works is that we vote for the uh, for the party, and then they put in the people that they want in charge. And within like three years, we have four prime ministers. Oh, yikes! So like that's bad, but at least we can get rid of our leaders. And like America is stuck with him. Yep, we sure are. <laughs> and talking about regressing, we certainly. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of that over the past four years. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> Look on the plus side. He probably won't get voted in again. You know what? We just got to keep telling ourselves that. I think we're going to see record voter numbers this upcoming election. So, The fact that it's not 
a requirement to vote is very weird to me because I live in Australia and yeah. if you don't vote, you get fined. Really? Mm-hmm. So like you have massive turnouts to votes and unlike in America, we vote on the weekends when people uh-huh. aren't working. Yeah. So like, I don't know who's rigging your elections, but it's fucked. That's so interesting. Yeah. We, um, all the schools have voting polls. Yeah, so you got schools, uh, scout halls, anything public government space. Yeah. Uh, and the, the voting polls are open from like 6 a.m. to. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It, it's. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's interesting to research. Uh, the way the the way governments are run, and be like, oh fuck, this is all sad. Do you know what will cheer me up? Moulin Rouge. <laughs> there you go. Every time you feel sad, watch Moulin Rouge, but only like the first hour, because then it starts to get sad again. I'm okay with that. Did you cry at the end? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, I, I don't. I don't always cry <coughs> um i told my friend i don't really cry that often she's like bitch you cry all the time <laughs> like literally all the time but not, like this was too weird and had like musical and songs and stuff so i didn't cry yeah. on this but like inside out i cried when she came home i didn't cry oh, when yeah. bing bong died because i knew that was going to happen oh and that was a sacrifice and i'm like i get it but when yeah. she came home and it was all sad. And then she embraces her emotions. I'm like, ah, this is a sad thing. But also very happy. See, Bing Bong blindsided me. And I was just a mess for the rest of that movie. I knew that. But I, I didn't cry with that because, like, the sacrifice, the character sacrificing himself, I've seen in a lot of movies. Uh-huh. But when she came back, man, <laughs> it was yeah. just so sad and happy. That was actually another movie I was considering talking about because that's my favorite animated movie of all time. So I can see why. But I wouldn't have been able to handle talking about it, I don't think, because um, it's like really emotional. So that's fair enough. That's why I didn't pick it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like Inside Out. Uh, when I saw Zootopia, uh, I was like, this is great. Also, make it a cop show. <laughs> I know, right? I said the same thing. I was like, I would, I would watch a TV show about yeah. this. About they have this world. Disney Plus coming out, and you need stuff that isn't Marvel or Star Wars. Right. I don't know. But like, I'd so watch Zootopia, uh, Claw and Order. Oh my God, yes. That's amazing. Did you just come up with that? No, it was uh, uh, people have been doing that pun for months, for uh, years now. I was going to say, <coughs> I had not heard that, and that is amazing. Yeah, they do Zootopia, Claw and Order, where they have an overarching mystery, and it's Bad Guy of the Week. That would have been awesome. Oh, God, I love I love this. Uh, it's been really fun talking with you. Yeah. I love musicals and animation and weird stuff. Of course. Um it's been fun. Got to wrap it up. So, okay. Where can the people find you? 
All right. Uh, so um, I am half of the Bang Average Movie Podcast. It's me and my brother-in-law, Nate. Um, you can find our podcast on all your favorite podcasting places, platforms. Um, we're on Twitter at BA Movie Podcast, and we're on Instagram at Bang Average Movie Podcast. Nice. That's I love the name. <laughs> so uh, when we were trying to uh, think of our name, we made a list of all the ones, and I was like, you know what? One of my favorite British phrases is bang average. And that is kind of what we are. We're just two guys from New Hampshire who don't really know anything about anything. So with, to us, that was a pretty perfect description of what we were. So, I, I love it. I, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry about the heat wave, by the way. Oh, yeah. We're in the middle of another one. It's fucking awful. I don't know if you can hear the... AC going on behind me, but I've had that running all day. So um, it's worse in Europe because in uh, in the UK specifically, they don't have air conditioning oh. because they they the entire system is designed to keep things uh, hot because it's usually cold. Yeah. But when this crap happens, you like fuck it, I need air con. Thanks. I think you commented on the picture I posted the other day where it was 111 degrees. Is the worst. That's insane in both Fahrenheit and Celsius. Yeah, it's it's just the worst. Oh well. Um, good luck. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, you can follow me. Subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to come on, tweet me at Aussie Nerds Pod. Uh, and I am also on Facebook, Aussie Nerds. Uh, subscribe to this. Each week, I talk to someone about their favorite movie and whether or not I like it, <laughs> it's a good time. Awesome. Um, it, it, what's interesting is that watching a movie and thinking this is this person's favorite movie or one yeah. of their favorite movies. So I'm in the mindset of so, there's something good about this. Right. And so far, I haven't seen, I've, I've, I'm in God with the Wind. I just bailed on that. Yeah. But other than that, there's been like, even with Old Boy, which was super weird. I'm like, yeah, weird I still found positives with that. And we talked about it uh, because within the mindset of this is someone's favorite movie, it really right. changes it. Yeah, it does. I mean, no one's going to pick a crappy movie for their favorite movie, I feel like. Oh, oh. all right. New plan. Guilty Movies Month. We can that, talk about the Sharknadoes of the world. That is actually what we're doing for August. We're doing oh, Guilty nice. Pleasures Month. So, uh, spoiler alert, um, we're starting off with my Guilty Pleasure movie, which is Shaolin Soccer. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, tune in for that. It should be. Um, until next time, goodbye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Just jumping in for uh, to announce that I was invited and went on to a pod v pod for the IMDB Journey podcast. It was heaps of fun. So check them out. Link will be in the description along with all the other links.